So I thought for this week's podcast, so uh, astute listeners will recall, (laughs) if there's anyone who listens week to week and doesn't just dip in and out at random times, uh, two weeks ago was my birthday, so I had a show set up that was a show that I think fondly of from my youth or whatever that I was going to watch, but then then we got sidetracked. We watched Usagi Drop, and then we watched Buffy and Angel last week. But I still got this show, so I was like, instead of my birthday week, it's become my birthday month. But hey, why not? You know, because again, like since we do random TV shows every week, you know, sometimes they turn out great, sometimes they turn out bad. What was the one we were looking back through our own episodes, and there was one that we we didn't even remember what it was, some drama anthology Can't from remember. the 50s. Yeah, already it's already gone. Can't remember what it was. The star in the story or something. I don't know. Just yeah, these like. We, we've gone through a lot of random ass TV and yeah, again, some of it, some of it's good, some of it's not so good. So with this one, the reason this was like my birthday pick is just this isn't a let's explore and discover a show. This is just a show that I know I like. So <laughs> it's like taking a week off kind of thing, you know, easy day at the office. So this show, it's called Freaks and Geeks and it came out in 1999 and it only ran for, I think, 13 episodes and it got canceled. And... It's one of these shows that, since the internet was super brand new at the time, I, uh, I don't even know if I saw it when it was first on, but it was really hard to get. Like, I ended up getting copies from the internet that were taped off TV, and the internet at the time, low quality, everything was, was hard to get. And then I guess, like, the reason it stands out in my mind in particular is when I moved to Vancouver in, like, I think that was 2004, it's the first time I got like a real job because before then I just worked at the comic shop and it was pretty easy. And I went straight into the fucking shit pit of uh, working at uh, the dishwashing part of a really busy restaurant. It's called the, the Cactus Club on Davy Street. I'm sure it's still there in Vancouver. And uh, not only was it just absurd amounts of work that I was not used to, and it was way across town from where I lived. So by the time I got home and went to bed, it's just time to get up and go back to work. And I was like, I didn't realize work was like this. This is fucking horrible. And on top of that, uh, I don't know how long in, two weeks in maybe, I started getting these really bad rashes on my inner thighs. And when I brought it up to someone, they're like, oh yeah, we call that crotch rot. Everyone gets it because you just splash water from cleaning dishes. It just gets on your pants and you just are a little bit damp all day and you get these horrible, everything about that job was shitty. And then I quit, and then I got a job at a coffee shop. And the coffee shop was still much harder work than the comic shop, but it was way more similar. That wasn't so bad, because, you know, a lot of it is just kibitzing with customers. And the dish pit, though, that place, while I was in that misery, the one good thing about it is it paid really well, because I was always there overtime, so I got paid extra for that. And that thing where the tips trickle down... So even though they trickled pretty far to get through the server and then past the chef and then all the way down to me, the lowly dishwasher guy, it still added up to a surprising amount. So I remember like my first paycheck was small because it was I was new. But once I got my first full two weeks, it was like 700 some dollars, which was a lot at the time for a minimum wage job. I was like, holy fuck, that's a lot of money. <laughs> still not worth it. I still quit that job pretty soon after. But I had all this money. My life was misery. So to, uh, to treat myself, Freaks and Geeks had just finally come out on DVD. It took years because it has all this licensed music. And when they made the show in 1999, DVDs were brand new. So they didn't, basically they didn't know they had to 
license it for home selling, like selling on DVD. It's a separate license. They only bought the license for TV. So they had to relicense all these songs. It was a whole thing. So by 2004, 2005, they finally got their shit together, put it out on DVD. I bought it. I watched the whole thing on my roommate at the time's fucking TV. And it was great. You know, it was like, it was already a good show in the first place, but I finally got to see it at proper quality. And it, uh, it took away my pain of my, my crotch rot from the dish pit, basically. <laughs> so that's why I have double good associations with this show. And not only that, what's interesting too with this show, almost everybody in it got famous later. Like it was uh, Paul Feig, who did uh, Bridesmaids, was his big famous movie. Uh, Judd Apatow, who just made a million movies. He's got super famous as a writer and director. And the reason it's called Freaks and Geeks is it's about a littler brother and an older sister in high school. And the little brother is the geeks and his friends play Dungeons and Dragons and are just total nerds. And her side is the freaks. You know, they're the, the kids who smoke, who hang out under the bleachers or whatever. And the the geeks all still work today one of them's in like the new spider-man movies and stuff they're all relatively famous but the freaks all got super famous there was james franco there was seth rogan all these people that became big hollywood bigwigs so that also is a neat thing about this show is that nobody knew who any of these people were especially seth rogan he's actually canadian he's from vancouver he was nobody in this show and uh so i don't know if you'll know them as well as i do but for my generation all these people are really really famous but this was the little show when no one knew who they were that got canceled right away that uh, nobody cared about, <laughs> but it was super duper good. Well, let's see if 22, 23 years later, let's see if it holds up. Yeah, and I honestly haven't seen it in a long time, but uh, the only thing, and this is just the first episode, the only thing I remember last time I did go back to it, the thing that why maybe this show didn't catch on, because in a way it sort of reminds me of the Wonder Years or something. It's like, here's a show about this is a they're a little bit older than they were in the in the wonder years but let's look back at childhood and stuff except this show is not the rose colored glasses version of high school this is the every embarrassing uncomfortable horrible thing that ever happened to you here it is as a show <laughs> you know and uh, in that sense it was a little bit more like the british office or something it's like a little hard to watch cuz it's like oh yeah fuck that shit did suck <laughs> So, yeah. so, well, I know you weren't a big fan of high school, so. Yeah, I always find it very bizarre when people had good experiences. But, I mean, obviously, it's way different, right? Like, you were you in high school in Campobello? Yeah. So, I mean, it couldn't be smaller. How many people even went to your school? Uh, well, it was grade 1 to 12, the whole school, so. <laughs> right. But in my, uh, in my graduating class, there were 11, 12 Whereas like my school, Fredericton High School, at the time was the largest high school in the entire freaking yeah. British Commonwealth. Yeah. Total nightmare disaster. It was like I was a drop in the ocean. Nobody would have cared if I, I lived or died. To, I went to Fredericton High School in grade 10, and uh, just grade 10 itself was 700. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like at my school, it's the only school I've ever even heard of where like, we didn't even have school spirit at all. Like football games and stuff. You know, nobody cared. Nobody cared. Because <laughs> it's like, who are we playing against? These little rural local schools? Like, we just crushed everyone. Plus, there's just thousands of kids there. I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, 
I'm sure someone from the States listening probably went to another nightmare school with a metal detector or something. It wasn't like that. This was a Canadian version of a nightmare school. It was purely just too big. That's all. The actual school was fine. It's just too big. And, uh, yeah, I just remember, like, when I first got there, I tried to sign up to, like, a little radio club where you did uh, a little broadcast during, like, lunch or whatever. Me and Terry and Jay, we tried to do this stuff. And just nobody cared. Nobody gave one fuck about anything. Teachers didn't care. Students didn't care. No one cared about anything on any level. It was very bizarre. Yeah, it was like and, a big factory. Yeah, very unpleasant place. <laughs> so, I mean... Uh, Maybe, believe it or not, I'm a lot less bitter about it now than I used to be. If I talked about this 15 years ago, I would have hated it even more. But ultimately, I don't know, I guess it's like it didn't hurt. It just sucked. It just sucked. It was just like going to prison every day. But anyway. <laughs> well, let's see if Freaks and Geeks is like going to prison every day. Yeah, so this is a little bit more of a mid-level school. but uh, And I think, I believe, this show, I think it's set in the 70s or is it contemporary maybe it is set in the 90s i honestly don't remember like it has the feeling of that 70s show or whatever just like a 70s vibe but i don't know if it actually is the 70s or if it's just that the guys paul feegan and uh judd apatow it's just that was their era of high school so maybe it just feels like that uh, no, is it american made it is american yeah yeah see they had they had their very large schools in the 60s and 70s. Right. Our, our large schools started to be built about uh, the 70s, the early 70s, but they were already, they already had those massive big schools in the States um, in the 60s and early 70s. And they were discovering that they were a problem and we just went right ahead and built ours anyway. I'm pretty sure, I'd forgotten about this till just this moment, but I think one of the SCTV guys is in this. It's uh, Caballero, uh, Joe Flaherty, is that his name? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's the dad in this show. So there's, there's that, too. There's a lot of upsides to this show. But okay. Yeah, I'd love to see who, we, who else we know in this, then. And it was kind of one of these, yeah, like, uh, I guess Linda Cardellini, she's the older sister. She was in Scooby-Doo. So, again, you probably didn't see the Scooby-Doo <laughs> movie. But it was it was surprisingly good. Sarah Michelle Gellar was uh, Daphne. But, yeah, basically, it's one of these, like, these uh, classic cases of like why did this show get canceled like it seemed like it had everything going for it and again like i said like in hindsight especially everybody got famous in it and it's like wow all these famous people are in this show but they weren't famous yet so i guess everybody's got to start somewhere and i guess yeah it all worked out for everybody ultimately but yeah freaks and geeks season one episode one Okay, 1980, so it isn't quite contemporary. It's a little bit in the past. So, yeah, man, watching that again, because it's been quite a while. I remember at the time, I always kind of gravitated to the freak side more just because they're the cooler characters or whatever. But watching it again, the part that I can't get over is how little the little brother is. Sam, he's so tiny compared to everyone else. And that's what reminded me. Yeah, this thing with uh, American schools being grade 9 through 12, which you were saying it's like that here now also, yeah. where it was just 10, 11, 12 
for me before. And it always used to confuse me so much because in America they they use the whatever those terms are, the sophomore year, the junior year, whatever. I never knew what the fuck they were talking about. And it's partially because it took me years to figure out that they were talking about four years. Yeah. So that's why I could never pin down, like, I thought... Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Why is junior the fucking third year of high school? Because you're a junior to a senior. (laughs) Well, I think that's not a good term. And, uh, yeah, like, wildly confusing to me because I don't know what those terms mean anyway. And I didn't realize it was four years instead of three. My favorite version of that is uh, because... for years that just bugged me it's like will you just say what grade you're in i fucking hate these terms i never know what anyone's talking about uh when justin bieber first got famous he was on david letterman and letterman was like so hey you sophomore you junior whatever the fuck uh, that sounded like jay leno but it was letterman and justin bieber just goes i'm from canada sir i don't know what that means <laughs> and i was like thank you thank you finally i never knew what that fucking shit meant uh anyway <laughs> and i still don't <laughs> but yeah man that kid is so little and it just makes everything like funnier and more sad of like he's getting destroyed at the dodgeball game he's getting beat up by bullies he's trying to date a girl who's a whole head taller than him like, man, that's a rough situation to be that little. Well, and you think about it, you see, a lot of boys don't start really gaining any height until they are about 15, right. 16. So, yeah, these guys are like 13 and 14 when they're starting school in grade 9. And, yeah, like yeah. I was telling you as we were watching it, because it's like when they got them back together for that DVD, I was saying it took a few years for the DVD to come out because, like, that, that Journey song at the end, it's such an integral part of the episode. You can't just take that out and put in a different song. So they had to get all the music rights again. But, uh, yeah, they brought everybody back, and that was only a few years, like five years later, to do commentary tracks and stuff. And that, that dude who plays Sam, John Daly, was already a massive huge hunk of a man and they were like what the hell happened to you like holy shit which would have been kind of interesting if the show had kept going because that would have happened in real time he would have been massive by the end of high school but they never got a chance they only got this one year but yeah so i'd say i mean to me that show definitely holds up but i'm also remembering like why i forgot the era why i forgot a lot of details because i don't watch it often because it's not like uh oh i'll just go watch Freaks and Geeks again. Have a nice rewatch. It's like every time you watch it, it reopens all your wounds of what that age was like and what going to school is like. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> you know? Which is what's so interesting about that show. It's such a good show and such a well-made show. It's a shame it got canceled, but I'm not surprised. I'm almost surprised they made it in the first place. Because especially, I feel like in America, at least we had like Degrassi and stuff here in Canada, sort of tried to keep it real. But America's famous for its teen shows and teen movies and this idyllic teen bullshit where this show is not that, you know? No, it's pretty... It, I just watch that and say, oh, God, I wouldn't want to be that age again for love nor money. <laughs> Man, and it just gets worse and worse, too. The guy with the big drum kit, it turns out he actually sucks. He auditions for some bands, and he's just terrible at drumming. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, the... Uh, the cool stoner kids you know they all have their own weird problems at home and bad families and stuff and uh yeah saying how sam finally does get to date that cheerleader girl and she's just like a weird bigot and she says all these terrible things and she doesn't like monty python so she's like a bad person and boring and he's like ah oh, man i never she was my dream girl she sucks uh the dude uh, bill the tall geek 
Oh, the medium, the middle geek, his parents get divorced. <laughs> and then the tall one, Bill, his mom uh, is single. She starts dating that dickhead fucking uh, gym teacher. Just everything just gets worse and worse for everyone in this show. <laughs> so it doesn't go up from here. But anyway, it's still, it's, it's this, this still, though, despite all that, it's the show that came to mind. And I was like, if I was going to pick a birthday show, like a show I remember really liking that I haven't seen in a while, that's... That's the one. That's the one I thought of. So. Yeah. No. See, I I I enjoyed that show, but I wouldn't pick that show because I'm a I'm a I'm a lot older than you. But I mean, I, I could relate to a whole lot of that high school, that high school angst. Ugh, it's just. Oh, you got the people that are so successful and so beautiful, and the sports people for the, they're usually sports geeky. They're, I, I, they're not geeks, but they're sports types. Sports who, geeks, who are though. the heroes? <laughs> who are the heroes in school, and get all the breaks, and everybody loves them, and life seems so easy for them. And I'm not suggesting it is, because I think if you look behind the scenes, you'd find all kinds of problems there. But then you get these other poor people who just don't fit in at all. Although, strangely enough, in the last, let's say, generation, geeks have become fully respectable in high schools, whereas they used to not be. I don't know about in high schools, but after high school, for sure. Okay, let's say after high school. But I think some, there's, I think even at at a high school level, there's a little bit of uh, respect for them because they are the computer wizards. They are the, the, the intellectual types who... Now, because everything has changed with the world of computers, uh, the guys who are dumb athletes, right. I still, that's though, all they can do. I think that's true. I mean, this is all broadly, um, you know, oversimplifying, obviously, just painting with a, a broad brush. But I still think, like, even though that is true in the world, I think you still got to get out of high school. I think high school, if anything, is probably worse now when you hear about cyberbullying. Mm, and, like, you yeah. don't even have to get bullied. Like, you can't get away from it when you go home even because people online are going to make fake accounts and pretend that they're you and post stuff and and run you through the fucking ragged whereas yeah like it is true that like that again just to oversimplify but that idea that if you're the prom king you're the prom queen if if those were the best days of your life those were the best days of your life you don't really go much further where meanwhile bill gates and steve jobs and like it's the world of elon musk like the the nerds took over the world the the nerds run everything yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you still got to get out of high school before yeah. that happens. and that and that age is such a transition age like you, you're 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 from a child to an adult basically you're, well you, i mean you look like an adult like you say that 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 little boy he looks like a little boy yeah and he's probably about 13 years old or 14 years old he's going to be 17 years old when he finishes and he's not going to look at all like that and he, he isn't going to be able to be pushed around. And but. Man, like one of the, the parts in that episode that just made my skin kind of crawl, of just like, oh, I don't miss any of that. It's just them being in a changing room, just in a locker room at a school. Because like, that'll never happen again. You'll never be put in a situation where you're with a bunch of weird fucking... Because like, that bully guy in this episode, he was over the top, but they were just... You know, if you dial that down, he wasn't... That's not unaccurate it just was happening too much because it's a tv show but if if you dialed that down a bit there are people like that and they put you it's like you're just in the shark cage with them and you're having to get changed in a locker room it's fucking nuts like as an adult the closest to that would be you're at a gym and everyone just leaves you alone like you're never going to be in that situation ever again in your life and it's 
it's and for what too because again this is where my my school bitterness comes back is like like the kids i knew in school who there were kids who like really did have a hard time and especially because i went to french school so we had to learn two different languages and some of them it just didn't go well they never quite learned how to read they never quite learned how to spell at like a great level but i didn't learn that stuff at school either i picked up the french at school but i knew how to read before i went i knew how to do all the math and shit like I didn't learn, I, I just don't think it's an exaggeration to say I didn't learn anything at school. It really is like the mom said in that show, it's to socialize, blah, blah, blah. And what I learned about that is that's not worth it. That's just a nightmare. That's like, that's not how the adult world works. In the adult world, everyone leaves you the fuck alone. <laughs> the, the part that I found creepy um, was the gym, the scene in the gym. Where yeah, am I, I right? mean, so, am I to understand that you didn't have to play dodgeball? You never heard of dodgeball? No, never played dodgeball, <laughs> but did all that. If you weren't good at doing, like, let's say, a combined sport, like volleyball, basketball, that kind of stuff, oh, the, the ridicule and the put-down, and, and it wasn't just the kids doing it. It was, the, it was the, the teachers, the gym teacher. So much so that there almost seems to be like a stereotype of, of gym teacher. Right. I had I had gym teachers that I I just hated them. When I went and taught school, there was a gym teacher there who was so stereotypical. I couldn't stand her. She was so bad that uh, well, I shouldn't. I hope she. Well, no, she wouldn't even listen to this thing <laughs> after all these years. But she was so rotten to some of the girls in grade eleven. Uh, you know, putting them down and. She was a bully. Um, that in grade 11, I ended up, the, she was teaching the grade 11s, and these girls, uh, these girls uh, said they wouldn't, they wouldn't take Jim anymore, and they boycotted her. And it was something to do with some girl having her period and this gym teacher insisting that she take it, and bully, bully, bully. And anyway, all these girls uh, boycotted her. So it ended up that I had had a spare while she was, a spare class while she was uh, supposed to be teaching them gym, and in order to settle it, um, and I agreed to do it, I ended up taking those girls, and I lost my spare. The gym teacher got an extra spare because the girls wouldn't go to gym with her anymore. And actually, we had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed I mean, teaching those, those girls all by themselves with the boys being there. Yeah, I wish I could say I was surprised. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it was, it was just like too much uh, and so when I watched that and that gym teacher and I thought oh my god he's just such a prick and he's so pushy and and it's obviously those boys were bullying those smaller boys and beating them up with those balls and he did nothing to stop it he encouraged it yeah and I'd say like everything in this show is maybe a little uh you know exaggerated the uh the guidance counselor is a little extra hippie the the dad's a little extra oblivious you know stuff like that but it's not so out of whack that any of it feels unreal. It all feels like it all uncomfortably feels, yeah, real. <laughs> yeah, uncomfortably real. Perhaps, yes, perhaps stereotyped a bit much, but... Or yeah. even, like, you can tell that the mom's idea of what school is is, like, from 20 years earlier. She's yes. talking about the fucking Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> and she was obviously somebody who was very social, went to all the dances, probably had a boyfriend, uh, sat on the top of the bleachers, not under the bleachers, far from the opening scene there. Yeah, and, and just just kind of like in another world, not relating to her daughter's situation at all. And obviously none of them clued into the fact that 
the girl obviously was suffering a bit of trauma as a result of being with her grandmother when her grandmother died and her grandmother is telling her, this is it. There is nothing after. There is no, no roses in the garden or the light or God or this is it. Even that, yeah, that's where I think that show, it's so, that's why it's like that weird balance of like, it's a kind of uncomfortable, arguably unpleasant show, but it's so well done where, you know, they kind of give you that as enough of a reason. Just if you're looking for the reason for why she doesn't want to be a mathlete anymore and why she's trying to move into this other sphere. But not only do they not dwell on it that much, but I just love that, the again, the little brother's in his own world. He's so oblivious that even in this this kind of heavy moment, he's just like, you really think we could beat Alan? That's <laughs> like, just so good. Right, because that's his world. Yeah. That's his life, is being bullied by this Alan guy. And and uh, that's dominating his life. He needs to, they need to beat the tire out of Alan so they can move on. So it like works double duty where it's like funny. It's a funny moment, but it also... Uh, There's an underlying... And it also reinforces that she doesn't, that the the sister, Lindsay, just has nobody to talk to. Even when she tries to talk to somebody, they don't get what she's talking about. So it's like, that's, oh, well, I guess I'll just keep that inside, (laughs) you know, just keep wearing the army jacket. And I just love to, like, like she just, the the mathlete thing, like even when she gets caught skipping school and the guidance counselor's like, look, I won't tell anybody if you just, I just need you to, you're a good fucking math person. You got to join our stupid math team. She's just like, I just can't. Like, I'm finally starting to get a little bit of inroad to hanging out with the cool kids. And if they see me on the fucking math team, it's over. I can't do it. Like, even if you're going to call my parents, I can't be a mathlete. Like, I like that land, line in the sand. Because again, it sounds so stupid. It's like, who cares? Fucking mathlete shit. But in that social situation it is important because like already you can tell seth rogan doesn't know why she's there he's like super sarcastic you know they i don't know what are you gonna do you know like he's all set to just you know tell her to get out of here uh the blonde girl full-on is just get on it get out of here like she just can't do that she can't be friends with them and be a mathlete (laughs) it's like so stupid but so important and that's like that's if that's not high school i don't know what is you know and then, though, what does the supposed intelligent feeling... The guidance the counselor. Guidance counselor. Yeah. Even at that point, um, when she's, she's trying to kind of explain why... Oh, why she's not, she's not really, but she's trying to get across that things are changing for her. He pulls, well, then I'll make you go to the dance and I'll make you work at the thing. Like, oh, my God. But that's what, that's what people do. That's what adults do to kids. Rather than saying, wait a minute now, what was, I, what was it like for me when I was 16 years old? And where was I at this? No, no, I'll make you go to the dance and I'll make you work that entertainment table. Like, obviously that girl didn't want to go. It's kind of interesting, too. This is jumping ahead, but uh, like I don't remember the specifics anymore of like when this show ended. I'm quite sure they knew it was canceled. Maybe it was one of these like maybe it'll be renewed or whatever. But they decided they would just set things up for a weird second season if they ever managed to get one. Where the things I specifically remember is uh, James Franco, you know, the, the coolest of the cool kids. He starts hanging out with the nerds and playing Dungeons and Dragons. And that's what, like, uh, my friend Matt's brother Dave, you know, big strapping sports guy, he played Dungeons and Dragons with us all the time <laughs> and StarCraft and shit. So, yeah, it's like that's, you know, yeah, I've seen that happen. And uh, and the kid, the guy with the drum kit, and he's all into, like, Russian, I fucking hate disco. 
he gets a girlfriend who's into disco and just gets full on into disco and becomes a disco guy. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know, it would have been kind of neat if it kept going. But again, it's like a lot of times we'll watch these shows and I'm like, oh yeah, shit, like Monty Python, let's watch some more Monty Python or uh, The British Office. Uh, I went home and watched a bunch of those on my own or Faulty Towers. I didn't watch all of them, but I watched about half of them. But again, I just feel like I'm at a weird loggerheads with this show that it's like, yeah, this show's so good. I don't want to watch anymore. <laughs> That's plenty. I'm My cup is full. I don't need more of that. Well, and as I said, uh, I, I, I would have been 20 years before that. Not, not Yeah, 20 years. I would have been 20 years before that. And yet I recognized a whole lot of those people that were in that show. When I was teaching school around that time, just a little bit before that, I recognized those people in that show. And I have no doubt that if you watched one that was done today, except it would be there'd be so much computer stuff in it today, those same people would still be there. Those are kids growing up in that transitional period. And man, it's painful. That's a painful time of life. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that show gave me, is that if you're wearing the rose-colored glasses about what it was like in between that junior high and high school period, Oh, ugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I find it extra bizarre, and it's a whole different topic, I guess, but when you get into, like, just, like, uh, how much worse even still it is in America, where they have, shouldn't laugh, but it's just, it's so insane. Like, they have so many school shootings and stuff that, like, we're already numb to it. It's, like, not even a, a big deal anymore, <laughs> you know? I know. I know. And, uh, sad. and it's, like, I mean, I wouldn't force somebody to go to school regardless i just wouldn't it's like yeah because i just think it's pointless it's like you I, I honestly don't think i learned anything it's like yeah we'll figure out something else there's no need I for know, this you've been saying that since you were in grade seven and there's <laughs> literally no evidence against it like the idea that you learn things at school is like the greatest misnomer it's just it's just weird it's weird that people think that because i think they honestly just didn't think through it it's like what do you think i'm learning either i learned it somewhere else or i learned it before i didn't learn it there i didn't learn shit there but when you uh, up the ante and it's like literally dangerous, at this point, it's like, I don't know what's going on. Why, in God's name, would you make your kids go to this place that is not just pointless, but actively dangerous? It's just bizarre. It's like, what is going on? But it's just, I mean, it's just because you got to have a daycare to send your kids to every day. If you just would just be honest about it. It's like, I don't want to deal with my kids all day and figure out what to do with them. So I just send them to this place. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I wish there was more nuance to it than that, but there just isn't. That's one of the things that frustrates me so much about that topic is like, there is no counter argument. No one's ever literal decades of this. And it's just like, where's the counter argument? Where's the other side? I've never heard it. I've never seen it. It's not there. <laughs> and people just keep, oh, just go there. I had to go there. Now you go there. I don't want to think about it. You know what? That's exactly. I had to go there. Now you go there. And you take it even further from in this show, not just going to school, but I had to go to the harvest dance. You have to go to the harvest dance, (laughs) even though you've got kids there. That that little boy, he's just a small little boy. He's not old enough to really have firm relationships. He might have a little bit of uh, infatuation with some of these lovely girls that are at high school, but why does he have to have a date? He's 13 or maybe 14 years old at the most. He's just a kid. 
that's I guess that's what I find so interesting about him too. He's like such an odd character in the show because everyone else has I mean social problems, potentially mental problems, behavioral problems at the very least. Uh, even with the geeks, there's like one of them Maybe his problem is only just that he's Jewish, but he's the only Jewish kid at the school, so that's a problem. The kid Bill, the tall one, he's just a downright weirdo. He's definitely a hard person to fit in. Sam's only problem is that he's very tiny. You know, he's well-adjusted. He's a nice person. He's probably the like nicest person in that show with the least problems. His problem is just that he's a tiny little boy. <laughs> yeah, and i got to give it to him. Although he's just a kid, he has the balls to ask that girl <laughs> yeah. to go to the dance. And obviously... She's a beautiful girl, and she's on the cheerleading team. Obviously, she's got a date, but he has the balls to ask her, and so he is well-adjusted. And it's funny, too, yeah, just again, like that show's so good at like these things that seem small but are actually a huge problem. Like, it's it seems silly to say, like, wow, it's a problem that he's dating this girl who doesn't think Monty Python is funny, but that is a problem. You can't hang out with somebody who if you're if your favorite thing if you're gonna go watch holy grail twice in a row and she like is one of these people that is like that's not funny i don't want to watch that well then it's over (laughs) that is enough for it to be over (laughs) and then beyond that like i said she's kind of a jerk as well so uh anyway well thank you for introducing me that to me um i i never did see it before yeah, again, because it got canceled and it only really got famous later, it is like, I wouldn't say it's an extremely well-known show, but for my specific generation, that's that's one of those shows. And, uh, and yeah, it's like almost, it's like bizarre how famous the two main guys, Paul Feig and Judd Apatow, the guys that produced it, they're super famous. But even within the show, uh, James Franco and Seth Rogen, like Seth Rogen in that, he's just the, I'm the sarcastic guy. That's why I don't wear, that's why I don't carry a purse. That guy is so famous now, it's fucking crazy. He, like, produces movies all the time. He's, like, a bigwig in Hollywood. He's making TV shows. And I'm like, that guy? (laughs) You never would have guessed it. But, yeah, apparently he was doing stand-up. He was only 17 or something in this show. He was doing stand-up comedy, and they just thought he was super-duper funny, and they flew him in from Canada, and they got him a work visa, and this is where he got started, and it's, like, nice. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, got that bonus to it as well, just all these people. Even, like, yeah, I was saying, uh, I think her name's Busy Phillips, the blonde girl. It's like I was saying how she was the one who didn't get famous, but she, you were saying, yeah, but I have seen her and I've stuff. Seen, uh, yeah, I've definitely seen her in things. Yeah, she just didn't become rocket to the moon famous. Like the guy with the drum kit, Jason Siegel. I haven't seen much of him lately, but there was a period where like he was in all these romantic comedies. And again, I'm like, that guy? <laughs> like none of it. The only one I'm not surprised by is James Franco because he's so fucking handsome and shit. It's like, of course, that guy became a famous actor. But everybody else, I'm like, huh surprising even uh the tall geek bill uh, i don't remember his real name martin Starr. like he's he's uh maybe just like a mid-level actor but i just see him all the time for the last 20 years he's been in all kinds of things and i'm like hey there he is look at him <laughs> he's still acting you know are you in school you gotta be in school yeah i'm in school i have to do i did school this morning uh, i do three hours a day and 15 hours a week 15 hours so, a week yeah and, and what grade level of stuff are you studying um well i'm in 11th grade so 11th grade material what, what, what is 11th grade is is that a sophomore in high school is that about what it is yeah yeah or, or junior i don't know i don't know i'm canadian 